anybody ready for church now? Yeah? That's the joy. That's what makes us different. We live not by, you know, just our own doing, our own choices. We live by faith. That's the difference. Amen? Wow. There's a lot more smiles on your faces. Even the young ones are smiling. Everyone's excited. Hey? All right. Give someone a high five before you sit down. I love high-fiving. Isn't it good that, you know, the restrictions are over, COVID's over. No one wanted to touch each other. It was like no one even wanted to walk near each other. Do you remember that? Like walking along the path and people would walk around you. And I just like look at them going, I can't believe that. That's just, you know, but everyone was so fearful. And uh, I want to keep encouraging you as believers. We are not meant to be the same as the world, right? We're not the same. You know, one of the... Um, um, you can you can criticize me as much as you want, and I've had people criticize me. But one of the most this is the worst criticism I ever had is somebody who was not a uh, believer said to me, "I'm I'm just like you." I was like, that was the moment I almost got offended because I was like, I am nothing like you, champion, because I live by faith. You know, my choices are not dictated by me. I I form my choices around the Word of God, so I'm different. And then I could have sat there and pointed out 50 points as to why I wasn't just the various choices that they'd made in life. But I went, no, restrict yourself, Darren, calm down and then be peace, be love, be joy instead, which I did. And I did all right. So that was very cool. Hey, it's great to have my mum and dad in the house this morning. Um, no, you've got to give them a big clap because they actually put up with me. And that, that's impressive. And then you need to give my wife, Belinda, and my family a big, big clap as well, because they actually live with me. Yes. Belinda's like, yes, get on with it, Darren. Get on with it. Uh, no, no. Hey, it's great to see you. Oh, Benny. Benny, congratulations on maybe what? Is that the second win the Knights have had in seven years or something like that? So pumped for you, man. And, uh, you know, doing well. But go the Panthers, eh? Oh, I was actually, I was telling my youngest son, Liam, I was um, actually flying back from Melbourne and who walked into the toilets with me? The Melbourne Storm. And boy, did I want to start giving them a ribbon just as, as we were all there, just kind of doing what men do. And, uh, and I was about to go, hey, go, I hope you do well tonight, boys, you know, uh, but uh, they didn't, did they? So uh, I feel so happy about that. And uh, so it's going to be good. And Curtis... Wow, you got a big game today, haven't you, mate? Uh, the Sharks. Uh, who would live in the mountains and go for Sharks? But anyway, um, you know, but it's okay. You know, uh, Will caught me on the way in and said, oh, Curtis is really worried about, you know, what you'll say today. So there you go, you know. But um, no, he's a legend. I love it. So we've had many or a couple of footy nights together and it's very cool. But um, it's exciting. I love the NRL. I love watching footy. Um, but I tell you what, I love Jesus and I love church more. I really do. Um, don't go to the footy every week. I go to church every week. And um, so you can tell what I love more. Hey, I want to speak to you today uh, about blessing blockers. Okay, blessing blockers. Can you say that with me? Blessing blockers. Because I believe that, you know, uh, a Christian life is a blessed life. Now, it doesn't mean uh, that we go through... Um, you know, just you know, life is like a, you know, 
I was thinking a box of chocolate, but it's not that. Uh, it's not a life where you're just kind of running across rosy fields and, you know, green fields and it's lovely. Um, you know, we, we actually, Jesus actually gave context to this. He said that whilst there's blessing and favor on our lives, but we actually live in a fallen world, right? And so this world around us, things happen, you know. Um, I remember as a young boy uh, grappling with the... Um, the the you know the thought and the conversation with friends around why do bad things happen to good people you know so you know ultimately we live in a fallen world so there are things that are going to happen that are outside of the control um, of ourselves um, and others but ultimately God knows um, and and the Bible says that and gives gives context to this is that God then in through His Word says that He will work all things for good for those who love him amen you, you believe that so even in your worst times in your in your most darkest times as, as tim was alluding to earlier where, that you might be in a valley right right now but the reality is is that god knows you're in the valley and that's what the psalmist is saying is that even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death he goes i will fear no evil and i, I want to encourage you today with a message that um, you know, I, I actually got asked to speak uh, Easter Sunday service, and I was really honoured by this. And uh, I thought, wow, this is awesome. And so, you know, Ben um, sends out the, the, the speaking roster. And so I just thought that the roster had changed. I thought I was already preparing this maybe a month ago. And, um, and so I just um, thought, oh, I've got to do Easter now. I'm so honoured to do that. It was, I had a great time doing that, and it's a big honour. And um, I thought, I'm not on this week. And um, until I was uh, literally on my way to Melbourne and Ben, you know, sends me a text. He says, hey, just making sure you're all good for this Sunday. And I was like, oh, I rang him. I said, I didn't realise I was on again because he says, that's what the roster says. And I said, oh, but I thought you just, you know, shifted around. And he goes, no, 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 no. I said, well, no, thanks for telling me. So I got to, I got to spend time in, in the car, travelling around uh, country Victoria and uh, Melbourne in, in our schools, did about 1,000 Ks and, uh, and ultimately got uh, plenty of time to get this prepped. And so I'm going to bring it to you today. But in Exodus 14, verse 15. Now, okay. Oh, and I can read it. Isn't it? My dad and I had this um, real deep and meaningful conversation. Um, we have many of these around a car and, and things like that. But there was this one where I, I, he was actually commenting that I was wearing, um, you know, my first pair of glasses. And, uh, and, and he just goes, oh, I just remember that one morning, he, he drives trucks. He said, I went out to the truck and I opened up the map and I couldn't see it anymore. It was harder to see. You remember this conversation? And, uh, and so I, I'm just amazed at how right that is, right? You know, one, one morning I just got up and I'm going, whoa, whoa. And now my wife bags me out all the time saying, look at you, Darren, like this. And I said to the words people, I hope I can read it and it's at the back. Otherwise, I'm going to walk over and read it because it's just too small on this device and you'll see me squinting. All right, here we go. Exodus 14, verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Now, let me give you context. They're on the edge of the Red Sea, okay? God's told them the plan. They're meant to be moving forward. They're meant to be escaping. They've got the enemy on their tail. And God says this, why are you crying out to me? You've got to ask yourself the question, what, what was going on in the hearts of these people and what was going on in the heart of God to ask that question, right? And we're going to get to that. Tell the people 
to get moving. Next verse. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Why are you crying out to me? Why are you praying? Have I not said something? You know, this morning, I want to speak about blessing blockers. And I believe that one of the biggest blessing blocker we see in this verse. My little 11-year-old, he's almost tw- uh, 12, literally in, in, in like a week or two. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest frustrations raising kids um, is that when you ask them to do something, and they just are still, you walk away and you come back and they're still doing the same thing, not doing what you've asked them. Is that right? All the parents out there, you know what I'm saying? You say, clean up your bedroom. Yes, mom, you know, or yes, dad. And they do that and, and they, you hear him start moving stuff around and then you go away thinking, parenting 101, boo, yeah, I did that one. And then you walk back and nothing's changed because those kids are smart. They know that if they just ruffle things around, then they know that you think that they are doing what you've asked them to do. I remember that um, when Belinda and I first uh, were able to uh, become youth pastors, we were assisting youth pastors for a long time, and then we became youth pastors and over in the North Shore of Sydney and um, in Chatswood. And I remember that we, 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 we weren't able to buy a home in Chatswood because at that time in Chatswood, homes like three bedroom homes were around about 450 to 500,000 isn't that crazy i mean you know on that same street now they're like 2 million anyway whatever um but should have bought it should have extended myself but anyway um but i remember that what we could buy was a $380,000 home right that was all we could stretch ourselves to and we bought a three bedroom home in a beautiful place called Thornlea and it's very leafy, very much like the mountains. It's all leaves, lots of possums. Boy, I could keep you here all day with stories of possums. Um, and, uh, and, and I just remember that we had to buy the worst home, the worst. I'm telling you, it was so bad that the real estate agent had to actually get down on all four legs, uh, four legs, <laughs> all fours, four legs. Strange guy. Uh, but... Um, we got on all four and we literally crawled around the back while Belinda and the kids stayed out the front because they didn't want to come around to the bush that you couldn't even get to by walking. You had to crawl under it all to get out the back. And uh, it, this place was just, uh, it was just really let go. And, uh, but the thing I loved about it was that it was on solid sandstone. There wasn't a crack in the wall. So I said, this is what I can work with. Well, I remember that, um, you know, obviously for me, and as you can probably already guess, is that my weekends all the time were filled with renovation, right? I mean, all the time. Weekends, nights, sometimes nights. Well, it got to the point where I, I, I really got to the point of exhaustion. Like I literally had I'd done a pretty good job with the backyard. We'd landscaped it and I got really, really, you know, like, and I was, I, I just had this, this naughty spirit come over me because I remember that my, uh, beautiful wife wanted me to do something <laughs> and so what I did is I went up to the shed and I started to just ruffle around my tools just making noises and then Belinda just went on with her day and then I went over to a part of the yard you couldn't see and I just chilled for hours 
And, uh, and then I got in so much trouble because she's like, I thought you were going to do this. And I'm like, she's like, I heard the tools. And I went, that worked. It was brilliant. Anyway, it only worked once. Um, now she has cameras on me. No, no, I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> she doesn't. But our little 11-year-old, little legend, and in fact, all of our kids, not so much the girls, they were princesses and perfect, right? Uh, but the boys, you know, you'd ask them to do something and, uh, and they would delay. So let me ask you a question. What is delaying when you've been asked to do something? What is it? Come on, talk back to me putting it off, what is it? If I delay and I've been asked to do something, what what am I actually doing? Disobeying. I have disobeyed. Now, how come as believers, we can be told by God to do something and we don't think it's disobedience? How come we think that if we're told to do something that we need to keep praying about it? Darren, can we just sing that song again? I just want to feel good again. Oh, we will feel good. Don't worry. But I need to teach you something real quick. Because delaying is disobedience. And disobedience blocks the blessing and the favour of God. It does. And you go, but, 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 but I need to pray about it more. But, 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 but I need to talk more about it. But, but, but. You know what? The thing is, friend, is that God had asked the Israelites, I am going to help you. I have a plan for you. I have a per-. In fact, he had it through the prophet Jeremiah in 29 verse 11, just in case they needed to check it out. No, no, no. The Jeremiah, he'd actually prophesied it and he'd said, I have plans and a hope and a future for you. I mean, hundreds of years in slavery and now they're out. And Moses has a clear word. We've got to go across. We've got to get out of here. And what do they do? They stop short. And they go, can we pray about this a little bit more? Oh, boy. I think the days of praying. See, prayer and praying should not be an excuse for delaying. Now, we should pray. Paul says that. We should be praying all the time. Every day, all the time. But the reality is, is that we should not be using prayer as a delay. You know, uh, friends, um, maybe I'm a little simplistic, but um, I, I, look, I, I think I've only heard the audible voice of God, right? The Holy Spirit. I've, I've literally, I think I've heard it once okay, in my life, once. And that was the day that I almost drowned on a youth camp. And then I gave my life to Christ that night, right? I mean, it's pretty like, you know, obvious that when you, you know, literally call out the name of God and you hear him, you know, speak back and you go, well, okay, I can't deny that anymore. So tonight I give my life to Jesus. You know, the youth pastor or the youth leader, whoever was preaching that night could have preached on anything, um, but I was ready to put my hand up, give my life to Jesus like that day. It was simple, right? But I've, I, I can't say that I've heard the audible voice of God any other time in my life. You might say, well, then, Darren, how do you hear God speak? I'll tell you how I hear him speak. Um, And maybe I'm just a little bit too simplistic, but it's almost like red light, green light, right? I literally look at the lights when I pull up at a traffic light and I go, this is exactly how my life is with God. Is that he will tell me, am I going left? Am I going right? Am I going straight? Or am I stopping right now 
simply by putting lights or indicators in my life. It really is that simple. Like, I mean, you go, Darren, how do you keep making these choices? How do you get a ministry that now has almost 180 workers across Australia impacting tens of thousands? I mean, I, I could keep here all day with stats with the amount of young people and families that are fed hampers and meals and, and, and a one-to-one interactions and mentoring and group programs, tens of thousands of students across Australia. And, and, and how, would, how, how do you get to that? Well, you know what? I just, I just look for the indicators. I look for the op- opportunities that are open to me and I go, God, if this is in line with where you want me to go, then I don't need you to tell me anymore. I'm just going to keep obeying and I'm going to keep moving forward. It's that simple. That's how I do my Christian walk. I just go, God, is it straight ahead or is it to the right a little bit, left a little bit, whatever. You tell me, God, and you can just show, you don't even have to speak, just show me. So the people of Israel, the disappointment that you can hear in that scripture is that God has asked them to do something and they're stopped and they're praying about it. Just want to do a recheck. No. He's like, why are you crying out to me? Hurry up and do what I've said. Keep moving. Because if you don't, the guys behind you are not going to be nice. They're going to kill you. Now, that's Darren's paraphrased version, but it was essentially what he was saying is keep moving. And the Bible does say, and it goes on, and we don't have time to go into it now and read it, but, you know, they do obey. And then we hear about the amazing miracle of crossing the Red Sea, the parting of the waters, and it's amazing. Let me tell you that your disobedience or your delaying could actually stop that amazing and prevent that amazing miracle that you actually want in your life. The people of Israel wanted freedom. They could have stopped and delayed and gone back into captivity, but instead they finally obeyed and stopped delaying and moved forward. Amen? So why do people delay? Can we talk about that this morning? Why do we delay? You know, uh, I, I, you asked Belinda, I am the biggest delayer. Right, like I mean, I just, I just love waiting and getting my details right. It's probably one of my biggest weaknesses. Some of you might say, "No, that's a great strength." No, it is a weakness. Like my my wife, um, she's she's amazing, a woman of faith, just amazing, and she literally, like, so she she sees a, a, a new thing in our house that she wants to get done, and she sees it and she goes, "Yep, just go for it." And I'm like, "No, no, but what about the details?" And so I've got folders of, of papers and quotes and, and different people that I'm talking to. And half the time, I can't even understand what they're saying. But I'm talking to these tradies and I'm trying to understand what you're trying to say. And then I'm asking them another question by asking the same question, but a different way. So that I can finally get to the point where six months later, we're about to start this project. Yet my beautiful, patient wife just sits there all the time with a smile on her face and just saying, that's okay, Darren, just, just get the detail, you know, that you need. But the reality is, is why do we delay? Well, number one, I think it's because we doubt, right? We just doubt. Um, and there's doubt in a couple of ways, right? There's, da- there's doubt in ourselves. Now, listen, on the, um, on the spectacle eye sort of thing, you know, guys, it'd be great if I had a little bit of light this side, if you know what I'm saying, because all I can see is what I can remember. I, I can't even see my notes. It's all good. Man, I feel like I'm getting... Oh, there you go. I can see now, thanks to those lights, right? Um, 
I used to, I used to, you know, help run Youth Alive. You know, I had that reprisal moment there. That was great, but I just feel so old now. Anyway, it's okay. All right. Maybe you should pray for me later. All right. I'll just stand in the middle and let you guys pray for me. No. Doubt. See, doubt in a few ways. Uh, I believe that we, number one, we doubt ourselves and our own abilities, right? You doubt yourself. You go, I can't do that. And even if those words don't come out of your mouth, your delaying actually is speaking that very loud, that you doubt yourself. And here's the big one, is that, oh, we might even just doubt God and his word. Not good. In James 1 verse 6 through to 8, but when you ask him, Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Do not delay. For a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Next verse. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I thought you were going to make me feel good this morning, Darren. Come on, Dazza, help me out here. Next verse. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. You know what, friends? The word of the Lord for you with this point is just don't doubt God. And don't doubt what God has put within you, that dream, that purpose that He's put in your heart. Friends, I want to tell you that is for such a time as this. You know what? You're on this planet now, saved, sanctified in this church, worshipping Jesus. And I want to tell you that you're here not because of some divine accident. You're here because God knew you were going to be here. He's playing a purpose for your life was right now. But you go, Darren, there's so many things wrong in my life right now. I'm telling you, friends, you're going through those wrong things right now because God knew it was going to be done in your life and you are going to get answers that are going to help others, tens of thousands of others. And all you've got to do is stop doubting. Stop doubting. Stop doubting God. Stop doubting yourself. You know, Psalm 139 uh, I didn't give this one to him, but in Psalm 100, there it talks about how you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, you just got to start telling yourself this stuff. You got to say, man, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like a saved, sanctified man, a woman of God, whatever. I, I just don't, I, I need to start believing the word of God before I actually believe what's in my heart or what maybe comes out of my mouth. I got to believe the word of God. And you might say, but I, I'm just not worthy. You know, one of the greatest, um, you know, visits I do when I go to schools is when, I, when I'm talking to a school chaplain and they're literally the way that they're talking, they're saying, I just don't understand how, you know, like it's just so amazing the amount of young people that I'm helping and, and I hear the kids calling out their names, uh, their name and, and it's just, it's so cool, but they're so humble. But yet that's a person who has taken a step, a person who stepped forward and said, you know what, I, don't, I doubt myself, but I tell you what, I don't doubt God. I'm just going to step out and do the best I can. Why do we delay? Well, number one, we doubt. We doubt ourselves and we doubt God. And it's time for us to stop being like a wave that's been thrown around to and fro. We're literally going to say, no, if God says it, I'm doing it. Why else do we delay? What's another one? Fear. You know, fear. 
You know, one of the most funniest things you can do as a dad is that when you've got little kids and you just love waiting on the other side of the corner and they don't know you're coming or they don't know you're there and they come around and go, like this. And then you see the kids go, and you go, that's so cool. Now, some of you are probably going, that is terrible, but it is so much fun. It really is. I even said that with a very mean comment. That was terrible. And that's on video too. Anyway, but it's just so funny. You see him go. And now, you know what, um, what, what our older three used to do or still, still do to the youngest one is they now traumatize this poor little kid. And so when, they, when he walks around the corner, they're like, ah! you know. And so the older three are all guilty of that, you know. So, um, but I taught them and I taught them well. But fear. You know, when I was growing up in Blacktown, I grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney in a place called Blacktown. And in fact, I was in Blacktown South, not Blacktown North. Please remember that there are two different places. We don't like the people from Blacktown North, if you know what I'm saying. No, no I'm kidding. Um, but I was in Blacktown South. And uh, in Blacktown, just off Flushcombe Road, uh, growing up as a young boy, um, our toilet was not in the house. It was outside. You're obviously traumatized too, right? It was outside. And I remember that I was faster than Hussein Bolt when I went to the toilet between the back door and the toilet door. I was fast. (laughs) And not only that, I was full of fear. But why do we fear? In Matthew 6... Verse, I can't even read that. This is terrible. 31 to 34. I might have to start wearing, do you think I'd look all right with glasses? All right, I might have to do it because this is getting ridiculous. Everyone say ridiculous. You know, all the older people in here are going, Darren, just, just face it, just accept it. What are you doubting? What are you fearing? Join the club. <laughs> no, we fear the unknown. We fear, and here's the big word, the big F word, Failure. We fear failure. No one woke up this morning and said, yeah, man, I know what I want to do today. I am so pumped. Thank you, Jesus. I know what I'm going to be doing. I'm, I've got a calling. And your friend goes, what are you going to do, man? What are you feeling? I'm going to fail. No one does that, yeah? Puts it on Instagram. Hey, failure. No. We fear it, right? No one wants to be known as a failure and no one wants to know that you've actually failed. And in Matthew 6, verse 31, so don't worry, Jesus says, don't worry about these things, saying, what will I eat? What will I drink? What will I wear? 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Say everything I need. Say it again. Everything I need. He didn't say he'd give you everything you want, but he said that he'd give you everything you need. And there's a big difference, right? You know, there's this little saying in our house when someone wants something all the time, you just go, I just start singing, want, want, want. Yeah, I'm going to want, want, want. And and they get upset with that. But the thing is, is that we've got to be careful to understand that, you know what? 
I am not going to fear the unknown because why? I know that Jesus has got it. Even in the darkest times during um, COVID and lockdowns, and now I'd say to my, my team, uh, we'd, we'd meet morning and afternoon. It was one of the greatest things that ever happened to us with COVID lockdown. Uh, as a team, we never used to pray together that much. We never used to meet together much. We used to do it in the very early days when we started our ministry, Your Dream. And, um, and I remember that we just, for some reason, just got too busy. <sighs> naughty, naughty. Took COVID to wake us up. And then every morning we'd meet together hear what each other are saying, what they're doing, what your plan is. And then we'd pray together. It was brilliant over Zoom, over Teams. And then when we came out of lockdown, it was almost like, what are we going to do? We're going to keep doing this. So we don't waste, we invest one hour every day, half an hour, 9 to 9.30, 4.30 to 5 o'clock. We meet together. We plan, we hear what each other are going to be doing. What's your plan today? What are you going to do? And then we pray. And at the end of the day, we celebrate and talk about what you got done. And then we pray. I love it. Because we weren't going to let fear during COVID and that dictate our lives. And I used to say to our team during these prayer times, is I'd say to them, I said, guys, you know, like Jesus is on the throne. If we believe it, He's on the throne, then He's on the throne. So it doesn't matter what happens to me, right? Because that's what faith does. I can be taken out by someone driving incorrectly, me drop making a mistake or some virus. I can be taken out. But the thing is, it doesn't worry me. Why? Because He's on the throne. So I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to let fear delay what I am going to do for God with obedience. My third and my final point is this. Why else do we delay? Here's a big one. And this one's going to be a bit harder for you to swallow this one. But anyway, wrong influences. Okay. And I wish I had more time to talk about this, but it's an entire message in itself. You want to you wanna know the biggest way, top three, but I reckon this is probably one of the biggest ones of the three. What stops blessing and favour in someone's life is wrong influences. Not just what you watch, not just what you read, talking about social media too, but also who you hang out with. Now, I don't know if you had a really wise mum like I did and do, but she used to have this saying when I would get in trouble. A note would come home. Back in those days, not emails. There was a note that came home. The amazing thing about that is some of those teachers just weren't smart enough because they give me the note to give to my mum. And they, and they would say, make sure your mum signs it. I became really good at signing my mum's signature. Ooh, I was a naughty boy. Everyone say, naughty boy. Now, do it with a bit of a growl. Naughty boy. Because I was. But I'm saved now. Sanctified. I'm one of you. Okay? And we're all the same. No. Wrong influences. So not just what we read, not what we watch, but also who we hang out with. Oh, but I'm trying to save them. Friend, if they're influencing you more than you influencing them, it's time to break it off. Really? Yes. Because why did the people of it, and we don't have time to go back to it, but why did the people stop? And not proceed anymore. And they're all having a pity party, whinging prayer time. Because there's a whole bunch of them together doing it. And it was time for Moses to get snapped out of it. 
and get out of that, 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 that place. Get away from those influences and get around people that are actually going to speak life and speak faith into your situation. Friend, I want to tell you that if you're hanging around people in this church and they're speaking negativity, they're speaking doubt into, your, into what you're believing for in faith and you're believing for a miracle, then it's, you need to come and talk to Pastor Tim. It can be his problem. You can go over to him and say, I need a better connect group. I'm out of here. I'm out of that connect group. I need someone that's going to speak into my life. And maybe, maybe Tim will be running five new connect groups this week because he's going to speak life into you. He's going to say, come and meet with me at DCH next door. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to speak into you. No, we're going to be around the right influences. Right influences. You've got to have the right people speaking into you. You know, maybe um, it's just one of these kind of things that stem from my adoption and, and just kind of dealing with, you know, that when I was younger. But Belinda, you know, just often really gets really angry with the fact, not with me, but with others when they say stuff to me. And she's like, you know, do you realise what they were saying to you? But I just let it bounce off me. Like I don't even, sometimes I don't even register that someone was actually trying to be mean. And I just kind of, yeah, because I just refuse to let anyone influence what I feel that God has called me to do and the person that He's called me to be, I'm going to just instead keep believing what He says about me in the Word of God. And I go, you know what? If the Bible says it, then I believe it. It's that simple. Wrong influences. See, if you want the peace and the knowledge to know that you've got to move forward into that plan and purpose for your God, then number one, you've got to trust God. You've got to trust God and you've got to trust in what He's put in you. Number two is you've got to take the, take the step of faith. You've just got to start moving. Yeah, but I'm not really sure. I haven't got it all planned out. Just start moving, man. Just start moving forward. And number three is you've got to surround yourself with the right people. You've got to surround yourself with the right words. Switch off that Facebook. Switch off Every, you know, stop reading that book. Start reading the book. You know, in this room, right now, there would be people that right now you're doubting who God has called you to be. You're doubting it. And you're, you're, you're putting up a pretty good, you know, facade. You're even, maybe even fooling your best friends, maybe your spouse maybe your family, you're doing a good job fooling them. But you know, deep down inside, you're doubting. Friend, I want to tell you that this morning is the day of freedom for you from doubt. But it takes a choice. You know, that in this room right now, there are people that are fearing. You're so fearful. You're hanging on every word that the news and the media say. You're just so fearful. When someone says something, you look, oh, you can feel that fear rising. Friend, I want to tell you that you've asked yourself in the mornings, and I just feel the Holy Spirit saying it right now. He said, in the mornings, you're fearful. I don't know why in the mornings, but you're, you're fearful. I want to tell you, friend, that the word of the Lord to you is that today is your day of freedom. And there are people in this room that you're mixing your influences in your life. And it's just becoming this real murky water. You can see it. You can smell it. And you go, oh, man, I just don't like these influences in my life. Friend, it all comes down to a choice. You just got to make it.
So like the people of Israel, just start moving forward. Move away of those relationships and those influences. Move out of them. You go, Darren, well, that's pretty easy to say that. You know, words are easier to say than to actions to do it, right? But see, this is where we have the unfair advantage. We have God on our side. I mean, he raised his son from the dead, elevated him to heaven. And not just that, but if you go right back through the scriptures, God had a plan. He knew that sin was going to come and he knew how he's going to defeat the sin. And he also knows how he's going to redeem the whole world. I mean, boom, he's got a plan. And you know what, friends? You're part of that plan. There's 7 billion other people on the planet right now, maybe more. Who knows how many have lived and died in the past. But you know what? God's still got a plan for you and knows what is going on in your life right now and is going on in your heart and mind right now. Why don't we just bow our heads just for a second. Close your eyes. It's not a religious moment. I just want you to not focus on the people around you. I just want you to focus on you. We're always taught in this world, like media, everything is, you've got to worry about what others think about you. Can we just say for a second, who cares about that? And let's just worry about you. you got fear, you got doubt, you got the wrong influences in your life. And I'm talking to the believers here, right? And you say, Dazza, I want to be set free. I want the freedom in Christ that Paul talks about, that he's made you free. And then he reminds us, don't, to be, don't be shackled again by these things. You know what, friend? Just between you and God right now. Crazy thing is that he already knows. <laughs> he knows that you're fearing. He knows that you're doubting. He knows you've got wrong influences. He's been saying it. And you've been delaying. Why don't you just right now, as a Christian, as a believer, you just, between you and God, just do some business right now. It might go along the lines of, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to move forward. It could be, God, I need your help. I don't have the strength to do it. Or maybe, I'm so scared, God. Why don't you just do that business right now between you and God? Thank you, Father. Right across this place, your believers, those that you have called and set apart, those you've saved. Holy Spirit, I pray you move across this place. Move in the hearts and minds of every person in this place. Lord, those that call have called you, Lord, I pray your blessing, your favor upon their lives, their work, their families, in the mighty name of Jesus. While everyone's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just very quickly. If you, just a second ago, weren't part of that prayer because you haven't declared Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible says quite clearly in John 3.16, this is not my words. This is actually Jesus' words. He says that He has come to save you. He's come to save your life. We're all sinners, friends. We've all made mistakes. But I want to say this. Is that if just a moment ago, you weren't part of the prayer because you haven't declared Jesus as your Lord. 
The Bible says that you can right now. And you know what we're going to do together as a church? We're all going to say it together because even the people around you that have declared Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, just like I have when I was 11 years old. The thing is, is that we, we, we prayed this same prayer. We prayed the prayer as well. So we're going to do it as a family. Why? Because we're welcoming, welcoming you into the family. So if that's you, you go, Darren, I'm not even a Christian, but I've watched that song. I've seen you celebrate. I've seen you worship. I've heard the word and I want it. I want Jesus. The Bible says it's this simple. If you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is. I paraphrase that part. But the Bible says that you will be saved. So can we close our eyes and bow our heads and can we say this together? Repeat this prayer after me. Everyone left to right, front to back. Let's say it together. And especially those who are going to declare this for the first time or maybe you were returning to the faith. You can pray this prayer with no guilt or shame as well. We can pray this together. Can you say this with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross and that you rose again to save me and wash me clean of all my sin and shame. So Jesus, I declare you as my Lord and Saviour from this day forward. Help me to not doubt and help me to not fear and help me to get the right influences into my life as I follow you from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Can we give everyone a clap that would, that would have prayed that prayer? And listen, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to be available at the front straight after the service. And I know that some of the other pastors will be milling around as well. You know what? Just come and find us. Um, we'd love to talk to you a little bit more. I, I think we've got a, a Connect um, table out there as well. But if you want to come and chat to me uh, or one of the other pastors, we'll be just milling around and it'd just be so good to have a chat with you. God bless you, church. And uh, I'm so honoured to be here this morning uh, as part of the family, bringing the Word. And I hope it blessed you. Over to you guys. Bless you.